Welcome to the podcast of Pastor Joseph Castillo from All Nations International Fellowship. Enjoy this podcast while you're doing household chores, riding your car, or even your morning devotions. I trust the living word of God to change your life forever. Visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the chapter goes on and continues to talk about the redemption that happened with Israel in Egypt. So this is talking about the same thematic redemption that we have been talking about. Like I said, or probably wasn't me, it might have been Juan or Stevie Wonder that said, but like we were saying together is that all throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and throughout history, whenever we discuss redemption, God always uses the account of Israel being redeemed out of Egypt as the, as the foundation of the concept of redemption. Here, once again, Psalms 107, we see the same exact thing happening. So verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say with me, say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Speak it, declare it, testify of it, share it, let it come out of your mouth. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Now, the interesting thing is that this chapter begins with saying, Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And when I began to meditate on this, I, I thought, wow, that's just, that just makes sense that before he says, declare that you're the redeemed of the Lord, that he would say and th- that, that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever because the goodness of God is the foundation by which we, we can declare that we are redeemed. When you understand that God is good, that he wants what's best for you, that he wants to bless you and heal you and deliver you and restore you, that gives you enough foundation to pick yourself up, muster up the strength to say, wait a minute, I don't deserve what I'm going through. I'm redeemed. See, the enemy always tells you you deserve what you're going through. You deserve this sickness. You deserve this financial problem. You deserve this. Because the enemy... Naturally speaking, you do. The law of sin is death. That when you sin, spiritual and physical death comes. You sin, death comes to your body, your finances, your life, and ultimately your body, and then ultimately your spirit man, right? So that is is true to some extent. But you're the redeemed of the Lord. So it is our responsibility to say, no, 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 no. Because of the goodness of God, I declare, no, I don't deserve that. I deserve life. Because the spirit of life, Romans 8, 1, in Christ Jesus makes you free from the law of sin and death. In layman's terms, what that means, that the law of the spirit of life trumps the law of sin and death. Or we could say it overrides, for those of you who don't like Donald Trump, we could say, amen, (laughs) it overrides the law of sin and death. Yes, we do deserve death, destruction, problems. We do deserve everything that's listed under the curse. Everything that came under the curse, We yes, we do deserve it. Not just because what Adam did, but because what you did. 
But the spirit of life in Christ Jesus supersedes, nullifies, trumps, or overrides the law of sin and death. Do you see that here? For the law of the spirit of life, so that's that's a spiritual law, the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus has made you free or nullified or made void or overrode the law of sin and death. I tell you, I believe this. I was saved. I was dumb, young, saved and dumb. And it was freezing cold and I went outside without a coat. And my sister said, you're stupid. You're going to get a cold. It's freezing winter, December. And I was like, you know what? You're right. That was stupid of me. I should have brought a coat. But you know what? I just, I lean on the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Jesus is going to make me free from the law of the death that comes in from the stupid things that you do. Amen. Amen. And I leaned in on that. I leaned in on that in Bible college. When I went to Bible school, graduation day or graduation month that were late to class or missed a lot of class, they all failed. Not all of my friends were late and missed, but uh, all of my friends that were late and missed a lot, they failed. And they had to go back to school another year or another semester because three tardies equals one absence. And then one abs or 10 absences equals uh, F grade in, in Bible school. And you know what? I was just as late and I missed just as much class as all of them, if not more. Actually, I was late every day. Every single day. So if there was six months of class, I was late, you know, every single day. I didn't have a car, number one. I'm not a morning person, number two. Our Bible school was in a cornfield, number three. (laughs) And it was in Ohio, so it was ice and snow. And so I I wake up late, I get dressed. By the time I get out of the, the dorm, everyone that had cars had left. The shuttle bus that comes early to pick you up was already gone. I, I knows what I'm talking about. He, he, he was there with me, you know, at, at World Harvest. Amen? Rob Parsley School. And I was late more than all of my friends who failed that semester. How did I pass magna cum laude, top of my class, even though I was late more than all the guys who failed for being late? What was my secret? My secret was I came from Dr. Bill Winston's church. My secret is I was taught the word. See, in Pentecostalism, we get a lot of emotionalism, a lot of excitement, a lot of shouting. But we don't get a lot of the word. But I came from a word church. And yet, Pastor Winston, he, his church, they could use a little bit more Pentecost. Amen. I, I like the shouting and the running and swinging from the chandeliers. And I do enjoy that. But we also have to have a balance of, of being strong in the word of God, too. So I came from a church where Pastor Winston was strong on the word, strong on the word. And so when my semester came up after two years of college, it was time to graduate or fail or pass or be left behind. I said, Lord Jesus, I got on my knees and I said, God, I'm late. This is an issue that I've dealt with my whole life is tardiness. Forgive me, God. I said, but I believe and I know that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes us free from the law of sin and death. And I deserve to have absences for all those tardies, and I deserve to fail this semester. But your grace, but the law of the spirit of life makes me free 
from the mistakes that I've made. And God, deliver me from this, this, this habit, this bad habit, but have mercy on me, God. Release the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I got up off my knees, went to school, got our report cards, a, 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 magna cum laude, top of the class. Amen. Amen. None of my friends could understand how did you pass? Because I was late with them. We'd be late together walking down the road in the ice, late together, and they failed. Amen? But because these are spiritual principles that if you apply, they do affect the natural. I'm telling you, they do affect the natural. So the devil always wants to tell you, you deserve high blood pressure. You deserve high cholesterol. You deserve to have this STD. You deserve to fail this semester. You didn't study enough. You were having too much hangout time and you weren't in those books. But the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes us free from the law of sin and death. The truth is we're going to fall short sometimes. The truth is we're going to have some habits that we have to kick, and some might kick them a little bit later than others. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Do you hear me? Amen? Hallelujah. So those of you who you might have missed it, you might have messed up and you got yourself in a pickle. Let me tell you, God can bring you out. Hallelujah. You don't deserve the curse. You deserve the law of the spirit of life. Jesus took the curse for you. He failed for you. He died for you. He was not delivered and was sent to the cross so you can be delivered and set free. Amen. Hallelujah. So, once we understand the goodness of God, now we have a foundation that we can get up and say, no, yes, I messed up. Yes, I missed it. But I'm the redeemed and I declare it so in my situation and in my life and in my circumstances and in my body and in my finances. I declare it because the goodness of God triumphs the curse and the law of sin and death. So once you understand that, verse 1, 107.1, then you can stand up in 107.2. But if you don't understand the goodness of God, you can't declare 107 too. You can't declare your redemption because you think you still deserved it. The truth is you deserve hell. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you deserve hell. You do. All of us do. But the grace of God, it's unmerited, unearned grace. Amen. The wages of sin and death, we deserve hell. But it's only because of the goodness of God that we have eternal life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Verse 1, God is speaking something, I believe, in this season before we go into 2017, that he wants us to, to get in the faith zone, to get in the faith realm, begin to, to approach this coming year with faith, believing for God's redemption, not only in our life, because redemption starts in your life. But let me give you a secret. Redemption is not about you. It may start with you because God got to fix you up before he can use you. But redemption is ultimately about redeeming the earth, redeeming back to God what belongs to him. Romans, same, same chapter, chapter eight, that the whole earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, that it may be redeemed into the fullness of the son of God. So redemption in your life is not just about you. 
The O.O. Demo Shakirian. Demo Shakirian, the founder of the Full Gospel Businessman. Thank you. Quick with the Google. Hallelujah. Amen. Demo Shakirian started the Full Gospel Businessman Association. Hallelujah. And they're listening to this podcast too, so God bless you. Shout out to you guys today. Amen. In Guangzhou. Hallelujah. But redemption is not just about you. There's one scripture, and I didn't look it up today, but there's a scripture in the Bible that says that he'll forgive your iniquity for his name's sake. That he'll forgive your iniquity for his name's sake. See, it's not all about you. It's about God's will, God's kingdom, God's plan, not only for you, but for your family, your friends, your generation, your nation, and the nations of the earth. Well, God, the grace that God is giving to you in your life has much greater impact than just you and yours. But this is about what God wants to do through you in the earth. Do you hear me? So God needs to get us, get us fixed, get us right, get us lifted up out of our mess so we can move on and impact the world to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not perceived by the senses. This word now, in the Greek, it literally is just an expression of speech. It literally is, and, and so, or yay, or like, but. It's just an expression of speech. I know I've heard a, a lot of sermons preaching about the, the, the now, in now faith. And actually, scripturally, the, that word now in the Greek is not uh, some revelatory word. But I would like to send and acknowledge the appreciation to the writers of the King James Version of the Bible. Because the fact is, faith is actually a now thing. We discussed a few weeks ago, Jesus, he explained faith. That whatsoever things you desire when you pray, you believe that you receive it when? right now and then you'll have it so we understand that even though in hebrews chapter 11 1 i just want to give you good hermeneutics i don't want to mislead you to believe that this this word now is some expression of 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 divine revelation but in reality faith we do know is now so now that we have an understanding ourselves i want to discuss this now faith And I want to submit to you that now faith is a faith of substance. That now faith is a faith of substance. Not all faith has substance. Fred Price from the Los Angeles, California. How many of you guys know Fred Price? Nobody? Good, so I can preach a sermon. You won't know. Amen. Fred Price, he's a, a, just a general in the kingdom of God. I think he's retired now. His son passed the church. But Fred Price, he talked in, about a book that he wrote called Faith, Foolishness, or Presumption. Some people, and what, remember what I said, not all faith has substance. 
Can you say that with me? Not all faith has substance. And we could really understand that very clearly in the light of Fred Price's one of the great works of his life called Faith, Foolishness, or Presumption. He said people would come to him and they would say, Oh, pastor, we're believing for my wife not to get pregnant. And he would say, what do you mean by that? And they say, oh, well, we're not going to use any protection. We're not going to use any birth control. And we're just going to believe God by faith that she won't get pregnant. See, that's faith based upon presumption. Because the word of God says that what a man sows, that shall he also reap. So for you to pray and to have faith that you're going to have a relationship but not impregnate your wife is not acting on faith. That's actually acting on presumption. Okay? And a lot of people do things that they think is faith, and then they, they go back to their, their, their pastor upset, oh, why didn't it work? And it wasn't faith, it was foolishness. Or it was simply presumption. So not all faith has substance. Me and we were talking about this Friday night. People that fast all the time and fast all the time. It's good if you're doing it by faith and led by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. There is fasting that Bible says is not the fast that I have chosen. A spirit-led fast, a biblical fast, a fast done in faith. But a fast done to try and manipulate God or convince God to bless you or to go on a hunger strike, you know, uh, for God, that's presumption. So not all, and the Muslims fast. They fast. They, They fast all day long and they eat dinner. Let me tell you, if God was in that fast, he would tell you, eat a good breakfast, and then fast lunch and dinner. Why? Because first of all, you're going to get fatter. How many know Muslims all get fatter after Ramadan? Because they have a big dinner, and then they sleep on it for eight hours. Amen? And everyone knows the healthiest meal of the day is breakfast. Am I right? So if you're going to do a half fast, have a good breakfast. Have some orange juice and a bowl of cereal. Have some fruit. And then fast lunch and dinner. Dinner is the hardest meal. Dinner is the hardest meal to fast. All of us can skip breakfast, no problem, right? But we want dinner. So eat your breakfast, which you don't want to do. Fast the dinner that you don't want to do. And then you're going to be healthier and maybe lose some weight and, and have some fruit. But, you know, Allah's confused. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Jehovah would do it the way I said, amen? Hallelujah. So, some people, not all faith is, has substance. Not all faith has substance. Some of it is foolishness. Some of it is presumption. Now faith is a faith with substance. What elements consist of now faith. If we understand that in the natural realm, there are elements that make up certain substances, that make up all substances. But what elements make up the substance of now faith? One of the elements is the logos. The logos, without the logos, 
you don't have real faith. Without the logos, you don't have real faith. Logos is one of the key elements to now faith. Another element to now faith is rhema. The rhema word is another element to now faith. Now I thought I'm going to give to you my best translation of what logos and rhema is. Those of you who don't know, these are two Greek words. Two Greek words taken from the Bible. Both of them in English are translated as the word, but they have two different meanings. Last week, I shared with you another word in the Hebrew called the dabar of God, meaning that which God has said, which we said is equal and equivalent to a promise because what God says is a promise. Amen? So I thought, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to ask Pollyanna, and I'm going to not even give her any warning. And I'm going to ask Pollyanna, who's Greek and also a pastor for many years, to give us a little bit of definition from the Greek of what rhema and logos means. So could you share with us for a moment what you know, I mean, as Greek, you know, and then as a pastor, of course, rhema and logos, the difference in what it means is as much as you want. Okay, actually, logos, logos means word, just word, words that we speak, words that we talk. Okay, rima means something. Rima means something that is coming and is it has a substance. It's not just words. So the word can become rima. The logos can become rima, but rima can come only from God. So that's the absolutely. Fantastic. Wonderful. Wonderful. I couldn't say it better than myself because I'm not Greek. Amen. <laughs> I couldn't say any better than, than that myself. Amen. So in order to have now faith, this now faith, this now faith, which is a substance faith, substance faith is, is what the elders used to obtain a miracle report. Substance faith, now faith is what was used to stop the mouth of a lion. How many of you know that when a hungry lion is locked in the room with you, you don't need tomorrow faith, one day faith, in the future faith. You need right now faith. Amen. To stop the recording at that point, but you might be listening right now and you say, Pastor Joey, I wanted to pray that prayer if I was there. I would have prayed with you. I'd like to pray right now, as a matter of fact. I'd like to give my life to Jesus Christ. I would like to have God in my life, and I'd like to know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord and surrender my life to Him. You know, repentance means to turn away from your way of doing things and to turn to God's way. We've done things our own way, like they used to say in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, when I did the 12 steps, they said, your best decisions and your best ways of thinking and your best ways to handle life have gotten you to this situation. And now it's time to trust a higher power. Well, there is no higher power than the God of all the earth. His name is Jehovah. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And through him, you can Turn from your way of doing things to his way, and his way is the right way because he made you, and he made you for a purpose, and he knows exactly 
what you need to pull out your potential to forgive you of your sins, deliver you from the things that keep you away from God in a sin and death cycle. And if you'd open up your heart to Him right now, together with me, God can begin a new work in your life. So just pray with me wherever you're at, whether you're driving your car, whether you're at home, uh, wherever you are, just, just pray with me and repeat after me. Say, Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. I believe that your son died for my sins. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. From this day forward, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer. I'd like you to contact me, and we can send you some more resources and materials that can help you start this new life, because this is the first day of the rest of your life. Email me at joe at nationsabroad.com, or email the church at nfcontact at gmail.com. And we'd love to speak with you and just correspond with you and put you on the right path. Maybe help you find some local churches there online or something. Or maybe we know some pastors there that could follow up with you and help teach you the Word of God. Thank you for listening. And feel free to download the other podcasts and just feed on the Word of God. Thank you for your time. We love you. And-